Hello and welcome to the Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam and we're unafraid to slam tennis. And with me to do just that is a man who, just like Emma Raducanu, had a massive breakout at 18 years of age. But unlike Raducanu, his breakout was in vast amounts of acne all over his face. Catters, catters. Welcome. Great to be with you, Lightning, and thank you for that timely reminder of how little I've achieved in my life and the fact that at the tender age of 18, whilst I was busy not performing on a tennis court, the only potential sponsors I was being courted by were that of local pizza companies mimicking (laughs) my face. So that aside, Lightning, let's go for a self-esteem boost. Who here has four walls and a roof above their head? Raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, Despite the lack of visual medium, you are alluding to the fact, Cut, is I don't have my hand up. And that is, of course, due to what felt like a safe bet in our last episode. All chips were in. The house, the keys, the wife. I hadn't told her. I was planning to. <laughs> and uh, I probably should have because I no longer have one. And that is because it was on Novak Djokovic to win this US Open, and he did not do that. And I did not get my muffin that I was told I would in getting my house back. It was an incredible deal by Sportsbet. Very few took the plunge. You did. I have picked up the keys earlier today. To the victor be the spoils. You can keep your wife. She's lovely. And you'll need company while you're sleeping under a billboard somewhere in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Exactly. But little did you know, there is an unspoken agreement in the land of podcasting that should you make an outlandish bet, your co-host gets the rewards while you get bagels instead of muffins, my friend. Oh, great. Well, you bloody bastard. Thank you, Cutters. <laughs> Apologies for the no doubt lacking in quality of my voice. I'm coming to you from a homeless shelter out in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and uh, living with our research team, uh, who I fired <laughs> on last week's show. And, of course, whilst having obvious tax advantages, is also rather lonely due to the fact that they're fictitious. But that aside, Cutters, I'm making do. Your close proximity to the fictitious research team should hopefully result in one of the most comprehensive breakdowns of this US Open that our fan has uh, ever witnessed. Exactly. Slash heard. I keep needing to remind myself, not a visual medium, Catters. Put your (laughs) pants back on. But lightning, completely unpredictable US Open, as I mentioned. I mean, any buffoon could have lost their house in the aftermath of this tournament. Because both on the men's and the women's side, i got to put my hand up and say, I don't understand the audio medium of podcasting. And once I put it back down, I also have to cop to the fact that I can't predict for sh- That's exactly right. Because of course, Catters, it was not only on the men's side that you waved your arms around in the air foolishly for, but it was also for Ashley Barty on the women's side. Both we were so supremely confident for, and neither came through. And of course, on the women's side, Ash didn't get anywhere near it, and that was largely due to the fact that we've seen something unprecedented, Catters. We have seen two teenagers reach the final of this year's US Open. We have seen the first ever women's slam between unseeded players 
we have seen a young female by the name of Emma Raducanu claim the title as a qualifier, the first person to do it on either the men's or the women's side. What an unbelievable feat, Gutters. Utterly incredible lightning. And just the fact that she comes from obscurity. Mm. And by obscurity, I mean not the United Kingdom. They cannot lay claim to her lightning. That is a massive bed bug of mine. Mm. She's born in Canada. I don't care that she happens to have shook hands with Lego man Tim Henman a couple of times. That does not (laughs) warrant representing that nation. It's a complete tenuous link, lightning. And I just think, for one... The Brits need to pipe down and remind themselves that God has given you a Johanna Conta. And that's not your fault, but that's your lot in life. And when life gives you a Conta, you make second rounds. <laughs> well, Cutters, let's look a little bit more to this exceptional non-British player. And that is that she only in July was, she was ranked 338 in the world. She wasn't even in the top 10 for Great Britain. Wow. In fact, only got into Wimbledon after there was a withdrawal and she got in as the last place Brit. That was July. So Wimbledon was her first slam. So when she came to the US Open Catters, she was seeded 32nd. That is, she was the lowest seed in the qualifying for this tournament. It not only started there, it went the whole way through the tournament and took it out without dropping a set. She has started from the very back of the grid and made it the whole way through and taken the trophy. Utterly incredible lightning. It's not even the back of the grid. It is the Uber driver who was taking a couple of lucky fans to the racetrack only to take a wrong turn and head into the main straight. aided by a safety car and the fact that a couple of her competitors in front of her burst into flames spontaneously. I believe three-time Monaco champion Ash Barty decided to go backwards around the circuit for something new. So she was aided by some luck, but she managed to take her chance, Lightning, and she had to do an extra 14 laps in order to get the victory. But standing on that podium and hearing the Canadian national anthem was just really worth it for me, Lightning. And you've got a feel for the Bardis and Asakas and Kerbers that are all sitting there in their Ferraris and their McLarens, only to see a Datsun 120Y <laughs> lapping them, taking it to them and winning it all. Lightning, that's what happens when complacency kicks in. Mm. I've seen it all before. Your, your Schumacher, seven-time Formula One champion, you know, retires, hangs up the driving gloves, doesn't want it anymore. Mm. Etten Senna... <laughs> Less said the better, but complacent. And Lightning, it's the audacity of youth which has got me excited. And let's not forget, mm-hmm. that Datsun did a good job, but it only reached the podium because it was pushed by that turbocharged rickshaw coming up from the side. That is Leila Fernandez. <laughs> well, Gattis, of course, we need to zone in on the woman on the other side of the net who also started the tournament as an 18-year-old who later during the tournament, became a 19-year-old, a veteran of the tournament (laughs) these days. But Layla Fernandez, she's got me on my knees, Cutters, because she took out two top five opponents, two slam champions. She beat Asaka, slam champion, Kerber, a slam champion, Svitolina, 
who's been to slams and Sabalenka <laughs> to get to the final. So this tournament wasn't just about the incredibleness of Raducanu. She's also playing this incredible young 19-year-old. The two of them have taken this whole thing by complete storm. You mentioned her 19th birthday, Lightning. That is one point of concern I have with uh, Leila Fernandez. Right, okay. Other than the fact that she stands knee-high to a hobbit, my issue with her is the fact that when she was celebrating her birthday, she actually handed out cupcakes in the locker room to all of her opponents. And I just thought, gee, we've come a long way from the steely days of Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams coming to blows in the change room. And Leila Fernandez is killing them with kindness. And I don't like this tactic at all. I feel like unless you're going to lace them with laxatives, which let's face it, we've all we've all tried. And bloody hell, give one to Tsitsipas. Katis, <laughs> it's interesting because on court, Raducanu was asked about this and let the crowd know that Layla Fernandez is dishing out cupcakes to everyone willy-nilly in the change rooms and Radicato's line following it was, Layla's really nice. Everyone is on their own trajectory, though, <laughs> which I just loved. You know, she's handing out cupcakes, but I'm handing out public beatings to all my opponents. <laughs> exactly. Next year, while I'll be picking up my second and third Grand Slam, she'll be banking titles in the Great Bake Off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Layla, while you're dishing out cupcakes, I'll be making my opponents eat bagels. <laughs> so, Lightning, we don't know much about these two young ladies because it mm-hmm. feels like they've just dropped from the sky. And do we know anything about who's on their team, who's coaching them? Are they orphans? Were they raised in Boris Becker's psychology lab? Exactly. Apparently, Angelina Jolie's let them out for the couple of years to hit the courts. They're doing well for themselves, and they've got support, though. <laughs> they've got support. We hear Tim Henman is on the side of Raducanu. Interesting, sure. Mm. You know, played tennis. Check. If you're a British tennis player and you've been <laughs> on court, you're in. Tell me, how do you walk through the gates, Tim? Thank you. Okay, I've got all I need. Tim, hey, Tim, I'm, I'm panicking a little bit. I got into the second week. There's a second week? Uh, Tim, I might, you might need to put me on the line with someone else. <laughs> They always told me I won. <laughs> but Kat is on Layla Fernandez's side. No, Tim Henman. Instead, up to the ante, basketball legend Steve Nash. Okay. So, coach of the NBA Brooklyn Nets. Yep. He's in the coaching box. So, great. There you go. Random we, choice. So, he took on the Nets and wasn't aware at the time that the scope was so broad when you took on the nets that, you know, he's now coaching anything that has a net involved in it. So I think he was seen down at the wharf with a few fisher folk, just, you know, helping them navigate their nets. So He did lead the Hungarians to a volleyball silver medal at the Tokyo Games. So I suggest you show him a little more respect, Lightning. Of course, the problem was his motto with Layla from day one was nothing but net, which proved troublesome from the very outset. Is this really working, Steve? I don't seem to be staying in points too long. And I should have twigged lightning that this was going to be a problem about five years ago when you had Canadian Alanis Morissette coaching her countrywoman, Eugenie Bouchard, and it was problematic from the start. I mean, 
10,000 serves when all you need is an ace. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. <laughs> As we look back on an amazing tournament, this was one we thought would be the useless open cutters and yet it has delivered in spades with impressive matches, with amazing narratives, so much to be excited about. What is it though that has got you most excited? Lightning, I cannot go past the fact that my home nation of Australia has been the true story Mm. from this US Open. Oh, definitely. In some ways, it's felt like the victories that we've seen across the fortnight have been a little amuse-bouche ahead of the Australian Open, God's own slam that's coming to Down Under the start of next year. And I can't wait because my interest has been piqued by our prime performances that reminds the rest of the world where tennis started. It started in the great land of Australia and... Look no further than Wikipedia after this episode when I've had about 20 minutes to update the history of tennis. No, look no further than one Dylan Alcott who slammed home his third US Open victory in the men's quad. Yes. What a legend. What a hero. What an Australian battler. Sam Stozer lightning. Someone who... Let's face it, we paid tribute to last year, having assumed that she'd passed away. But no, she came back from the grave and dominated the unsung discipline of women's doubles. I, for one, have neglected that element of the sport for some decades. But I'm back on the horse lightning and I am doing laps of this town of Copenhagen to remind people that women's doubles is the future of tennis. Rocket Rod Laver. Let's nod to the past. Let's not just nod to the past. Let's stand up, pants down, and curtsy to one Rocket Rod Laver. Let's get our rockets out for Rocket. And remember that this man has fundamentally been the reason that Novak Djokovic will not sleep for the next 90 consecutive nights because he set a record that no man will achieve in the next 100 years. And also, finally, Nicholas Kyrgios, who I believe tracked down a few very rare Pokemon in the parking lot (laughs) after his round one loss. Success all over the map, Lightning. I was draped in the Aussie flag last night. I was eating a wombat steak and just saluting these heroes as they warm up for the Oz Open. And to tell us more, I hand over to Pat Cash. No, wait, that's not happening because he doesn't return my calls. He doesn't recognize my smoke signals. He doesn't understand the handwriting when I send him postcards from random cities to threaten his life. (laughs) Oh, a comprehensive analysis, Cutters, of the obvious story of this US Open, the dominance of Australians. Of course, we've got to add to that Isla Tomlanovich, Cutters, the great Australian who beat Emma Raducanu at Wimbledon in the fourth round and could well be the only person ever to beat Emma Raducanu. (laughs) There's no signs of this train slowing down. But, Cutters, the main thing that has got me excited... This US Open was, of course, the Golden Slam. Mm. We came here waiting to see history. It's only an Olympic year we even get a sniff at it. 
And of course, history was made. We saw a golden slam. Carter's Dylan Alcott, the great Australian who you just mentioned, became the first man in any form of tennis to earn that calendar year golden slam. Unbelievable effort. Of course, it wasn't we are expecting to see it with Djokovic, although Djokovic was there to witness the presentation of it. He sat there <laughs> midway through his first set of his pursuit of the calendar slam, whilst Dylan Alcott comes out to be presented with the golden slam in a trophy that they'd clearly put through the washing machine because it was four sizes too small, but it was cutters big enough to fit one very important thing in. And that was a beer. Dylan Alcott cracks a beer, <laughs> pops it into the trophy and skulls the beer to become the viral hero that we all need. Skull, 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 skull. How dare he upstage beer girl whitening? Know your lane, Dylan Alcott. That's right. When I Google tennis, I want to see US beer girl, not some golden slam winning chump. But of course, if I was to Google Golden Slam, which my research team insisted was a good thing to do, I would not only see Dylan Alcott's name cutters, I'd also see Deed de Groot. Mm. Great player lightning and also a helpful reminder that I need to get that little fungal thing on my foot checked. <laughs> yes, which is great for you cutters and a very harsh takedown of this wheelchair <laughs> tennis player, the 24-year-old Dutch woman who herself also took out the Golden Slam cutters. So what is not to be excited about a US Open that throws in two Golden Slams? They are giving these things out left, right and centre, <laughs> right in front of the Joker, right in front of him saying, bad luck, son. Tin calendar slam it is, but no golden slam for you. They are throwing them out willy-nilly. I think a member of the crowd even looked under their chair and uh, found they'd won one as a lucky door prize. So golden slams for all. I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return yourself also. Okay, you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. Well, friends, it's time for our Fed Up and Poo Down segment. We're going to explore who have grabbed the headlines, seized their potential, and are rising to take the mantle of the next big thing in tennis and those who are flushing down that sewer following the skid marks of Mark the Poo Philippoussis to be our Poo Down for this year. Catters, who is it for you? Well, Lightning, my Fed Up is the king of cool, the chaplain of chill, Daniil Medvedev. Lightning. I am a huge fan of players that can exude effortlessness oh. and yet still find success. So that unfortunately precludes Nick Kyrgios from this category, but just the ability to make winning look easy and also look completely nonplussed by one's own success. <laughs> and for that, I have to say, Daniil Medvedev, you are my fed up because... Yes. What a cool character he was in the final lightning. He just took it all in his stride. He has a history of refusing to celebrate victories. Yes. He, quite frankly, despises the crowds, regardless of whether they support him or not. Not afraid to flip the bird on the odd occasion. And this time round, when he beats Novak Djokovic, which, let's face it, is the apex of his career thus far, mm. he opts to reenact a trick celebration 
that experienced FIFA computer game players know, which is called the dead fish, whereby you fling yourself on the ground with your tongue out. And that's what he did. And in case you didn't know what he did, in the speech afterwards on court, he had to drop it in at the very end whilst people would be thanking God or close family members. He just mentions, only legends will understand what I did. It was the L2 plus left celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Referring to the relevant buttons on the controller. And for that, I say, Daniil Medvedev, you absolute hero. What a baller move to not only beat your opponent, but then reference the fact that you're a part-time gamer. (laughs) You weren't really training that much. (laughs) He even said in the post-match that the biggest physical injury he was inflicted with the whole fortnight was the dead fish move (laughs) when he really owned it and bruised his shoulder on the hard court. So I absolutely loved it. He is his own man, the Medvedevil. He does not care what other people think. And I really hope that it actually starts to spawn this new form of gaming and sports culture being merged together lighting i would love to see berrettini when he breaks through in his maiden grand slam to pay tribute to super mario with a knowing wink before punching the chair umpire's box a couple of times in search for a coin and then rushing into the stands to rescue the princess it would be a nice touch lightning it definitely would make greater show persons out of these athletes also on the medvedev chill the fact that he strolls up to the microphone in the post match and mentions that he probably should have gotten an anniversary gift for his darling wife in the stands who speaking of nonplussed she could not have looked any more disinterested in what took place on that court i don't know whether she too had bet her house on djokovic but she could not care less that her husband had broken through with his maiden grand slam victory because she was just texting a couple of friends looking up every so often, occasionally clapping if something major happened. The dead fish certainly didn't impress her as much as it did me. And Medvedev mentioned that he would have been screwed because he didn't actually go out and purchase a present for their three-year wedding anniversary, which took place during the final. He said, had I lost today, I would have been in big trouble. But... And at that point, I think everyone in the stadium is scratching their heads saying, I don't quite understand how this does relate to your wedding anniversary because you got a giant trophy and your wife got cramped from having to sit in the stands for two and a half hours watching her husband. I partly wondered whether Medvedev's dead fish celebration was actually trying to mimic his wife sitting in the stands. <laughs> But nothing says I love you more than giving your partner a trophy with your own name on it. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. First sculling a beer out of that trophy and then allowing her to wear it as a giant novelty hat. And I think that's the medieval theme that most third wedding anniversaries roll with these days, Lightning. (laughs) And for my poo down lightning, I will posit you this question. Mm -hmm. What do Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Bradley Cooper, Gail King, Paris Hilton, Rebel Wilson, Kate Hudson, and Ben Stiller all have in common? 
Um, I assume they were all used as motivational speakers in Layla Fernandez's coaching box. <laughs> well, you're close, Lightning. Yeah. The answer is tennis attention whores. <laughs> These people are parasites. They came crawling out of their mansions, disembarking off their golden ponies. <laughs> if that was a thing, they would have them, Lightning. Genetically modified golden ponies that brought these wealthy celebrities to the stadium in search of attention that they could, by osmosis, suck from the Joker as he went for this historical achievement. And Rocket Rod, I could see, he picked it from a mile away. He was like, none of you bastards were here when I got slammed back in 69. <laughs> that said, none of you were born, but I still think you're a bunch of cockroaches. So it was beautiful to see that impromptu speech by Rocket Rod from the stands before he too chugged a giant beer <laughs> Out of his 1969 cardboard replica. It didn't end well. Most of it landed on his trousers, but it was a wonderful dousing of the rocket in the stands just to remind Mr. Brad Pitt, who's boss? Who's the real rocket around here? So I am sick of celebrities cashing in on major sporting moments just because they have the moolah, they have the golden pony stable out the back, which is otherwise referred to as court three. And no wonder the bounce was so uneven throughout the fortnight lightning. There was golden turds laid all over the <laughs> Who dropped this nugget? <laughs> So, A-listers, unless I see you at next year's Tennis in the Land on one of the opening days, consider yourselves put on notice. And finally, Lightning, I bring back a segment that gives me no joy. Well, no partial joy. It gives me absolute joy. And that is such a shame. Such a shame. The Fool's Golden Slam edition. And that is because our friend Sasha Zverev has done the classic reverse engineered golden slam the fool's golden slam where you claim gold in let's face it the weakest of the five events of the year you do it for your country you do it for yourself you do it for tennis podcasters who need an additional item on the agenda and then you disappoint in all four other major slams and that is what our friend sasha has done let's not forget that this is a man who in his Grand Slam history has yet to defeat someone ranked in the top 10. That is extraordinary. <laughs> For a world number four, when Layla Fernandez has already taken out two in the top five. <laughs> Incredible. Get this man a washed up NBA star as a big brother program. <laughs> So yet again, Lightning, we end another tennis year with such a shame. <laughs> Lightning, what's your fed up? Catters, some might say I'm a little bit too late to the party with this, but for me, when I think about those who are just emerging, becoming, flourishing, I think of none other than Rocket Rod Laver. <laughs> and he did it in 69, and who's to say he couldn't dust off the old wooden racket and tight budgie smuggler, white shorts, and get it done again. 
I am eyeing off this post-Big 3 era, and I'm not convinced anyone is better than the rocket rod laver from what I've seen of this next-gen cutters. I was shattered to note that he was there to see history. They'd flown him in. They had thawed him out after being <laughs> cryogenically frozen to put him in the stands. Like the bad guy in Superman 4. <laughs> And he was there in the front row to witness history because, of course, it was in 69 that he completed the calendar slam. And rumour has it, I hear on good authority, that had Djokovic won the match, Rod Rocket Laver would have walked onto court hearing Rocket Man played over the things. And, of course, Medvedev went and tsitsipooed on that idea, but... I reckon they want to get in soon. I fear that if they don't, it won't be Rocket Man. It'll be knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door or some equivalent <laughs> in the next few years. So the fact that they changed track so quickly and played Summer of 69 was just a real <laughs> rub it in your face to Djokovic. <laughs> having Rocket Rod with an air guitar on his old wooden racket was less than tasteful, I think. <laughs> Got my first real Grand Slam. (laughs) (laughs) But, Cutters, it is not so much the potential that I believe he still has on the court alone. For me, it was the way in which he is still performing strongly off the court. Mm. And that is... Sexually. (laughs) (laughs) But, Cutters, for me, just as he would take out opponents relentlessly back in his day, he is still taking players down right now. After Novak failed to manage the calendar slam, Rod, the rocket laver, took to the tweeting sphere and wrote this. Take heart, Novak. The quest continues. Best wishes, Rocket. (laughs) And I love the two-fingered salute. In a year when the golden grand slam was not delivered. In a year in which the calendar slam was not delivered for Rocket Rod just to say, you know, keep trying, son. Go on, give it another crack, hey? And I'll just sit up here, thawing out, leaking all over the stands, waiting for you to do something of note with your sad and sorry career, Novak Djokovic. The brilliance of just... Better luck next time, as if there will ever be another chance again. As I stroll down from the summit of Everest and just step on your frostbitten arms while you crawl towards the peak, may I just remind you who is numero uno. The fact that he's tweeting is nothing short of remarkable. He looks like he hasn't had the energy to pen a letter for the better part of 30 years, (laughs) let alone tweet. The fact that he can then sign off with just a rocket emoji. Pure arrogance. I love it. Absolutely love it. Rocket emoji, smiling turd. Let's just (laughs) fire it straight into it. (laughs) I thought the aubergine was odd and unnecessary and hashtag there's no failure to launch too much information Uh, and Cutters my poo down is the New York crowd Mm. and I don't stand alone in this there has been exceptional criticism of the behaviour of this rowdy New York crowd 
And for me, Catters, whilst there was lots of yelling on match points and an inability to actually discern the phrase, quiet, please, Mm. at any point during any match, for me, the thing I was most disappointed with is that the crowd lost their way. Mm. For so many days, they had been barracking for the underdog against Djokovic. For so many years, they've been cheering against the Djokovic. And this is what the Joker thrives on. Yes. Being the villain, being the heel, being the the hunted. And it's what brings out the best in Djokovic, feeling as though the entire world is against him. Yes. And New York, you lost your way. We get to the final. We get to his chance to enter history And what do we want? We want the crowd booing him, hissing. We want them making obscure gaming, finishing moves in the stands at him. We want them turning on him with vile and vitriol. But instead, they roused him. They cheered him. They got behind him to the point where, with a couple of games left in the match, Novak conceded, crying into his towel, giving the game up because the crowd were in rupturous support and encouragement of him. Yes. They have broken the Joker. He's stopped killing Batman. He's decided to work at the library. He's running for mayor. He's getting vaccinated. Cat as they have broken (laughs) the Joker. If he is not a Disney villain, who is this bloke? New York, what have you done with our Joker? Yeah, Lightning, call me petty, because let's face it, I also lacked a loving, nurturing family home as a child. But to see Novak finally discover what he'd been looking for all this time, and that is acceptance. My brain is a little scrambled here, because what does a tennis tour look like with a loved-up Novak Djokovic? (laughs) He has had a US crowd-shaped hole in his heart for a long time, which doctors have said, we don't even know how you can go on the court with this sort of deficiency. But he's managed. And now next year, he's going to be only driven by love. Mm. Leila Fernandez is handing out cupcakes in the locker room. You could Imagine Novak handing out golden posies and golden ponies, which again, A-listers, leave them at home in your gated communities. They are not welcome on court three. So, Lightning, it's going to be fascinating. I could easily see him being so zen just saying, hey, you know, I did my best, but fourth round's fine. You know, I'm going to go on a yoga retreat in Bali and just enjoy my second week. That's not the Eastern blockhead we've come to love, Lightning. Love it. I didn't understand a word you're saying, but it was, it's not important. Well, my friend, it's time to wrap up this episode and indeed one of the great Grand Slam tournaments that we have seen in modern times. I arrive at this point homeless and research teamless and friendless, knowing that I had tipped Novak Djokovic to win when I should have cut his bet on Raducanu, a 400 to 1 outsider before this tournament, who was world number 338 and is now world number 23. I mean, that is an incredible drop that rivals the beer Corona's sales and share price values drop since the global (laughs) pandemic began. So, Emma Raducanu, and of course, on the men's side, it was Daniel Medvedev, who was doing it on court and doing it in on-court interviews, Cutters. He took out my man, who I fed it up midway through the tournament, Botic van der Zanskalp, uh, nailed him, was the only man capable of beating him, 
and then said in his on-court interview, he's capable of being in the top 30. No, 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 top 50. <laughs> Just have to clarify that. That That's right. Yeah, yeah, really sloppy backhand. We all have our own trajectory, Lightning. <laughs> exactly that. My dark horses were nowhere near it, Cutters. But as you said, we did need to go super dark. We, we just didn't go as dark as we needed to. And, of course, even Blaz Roller and Indy DeVroom were not dark enough for this tournament, trying to pluck someone as obscure as world number 338. Cadiz, how do you reflect on the tournament that was? I prefer not to reflect lightning. I'm one that looks forward at all times Mm. because looking back will only depress me at how little you and I know about the sport of tennis. It has been disastrous. And let's face it, our listener doesn't tune in for predictions. Thank goodness. I rang her the other day and she was happy to hear from her son. (laughs) She reminded me that it's all about the sexual innuendo and toilet gags that warm the cockles of her heart. So thank goodness nobody's coming here for credibility, Lightning. And I think it's also a nice reminder that the safest bet these days is to put your money on Americans disappointing you. Yes. The crowd, for example. If I could have got odds for the US Open crowd kneecapping the Medvedevil on the last day of the US Open... I would have gotten great returns. And if I had got odds for the fact that no US player would make a quarterfinal on either men's or women's draws is incredible. First time it's happened in history, thanks to your research team slash bunk bed buddy. So just some stats as some sort of decoy over there, some shiny stats. Listeners, look over there. Again, (laughs) not great for the audio medium, but... Don't think about the fact that we completely buggered up our predictions. And in the spirit of disappointment, we need to mention our legless (laughs) horses, which again didn't really come into fruition. I expected countless players pulling out due to foot-related injuries, and we just didn't see it. We saw one solitary player, namely Jack Sock, which, thank you comedy gods for bestowing upon us (laughs) some sort of consolation prize (laughs) but i now hand back to you lightning the reins of this golden pony and i trust you to ride it into the sunset my friend (laughs) and that i will that i will knowing that there'll probably be one legless horse and that will be daniel medvedev over the next couple of days who said in his press conference afterwards russians know how to celebrate hopefully i will not get in the news uh (laughs) if i do maybe in a good way So so I suspect there might yet be one particularly legless horse over these next few days. But my friends, until we meet again, we must sign you off and advise you to make sure you stay with us for the journey because we will be with you again for the next slam, which of course is the Australian Open, our home slam here in mighty Melbourne. And there we will greet you, meet you and take you through the tournament. But until then... Make sure you're on our socials, Facebook and Instagram, with our handle, The Backhanders. But alas, until we meet again, if you're thinking of betting your house on a man who hasn't lost a flippin' Grand Slam singles match (laughs) all friggin' year, then take it from me. Just be quiet, please.
Lightning, what's your fed up? I will answer that question just after I piss my pants. <laughs> <laughs>